WGBB Sports Talk Flashback. Joining me on the phone right now is the very recently retired Pierre Turgeon. Pierre, thanks so much for coming on the program. You're very welcome. Before we get started, I want to mention something that many people may not know about you. You represented Canada back in the Little League World Series in 1982. Yep. When did your focus switch over to hockey, and what was it like playing in that Little League World Series? Well, obviously, being 11 years old, and uh, we had to uh, win a couple of tournaments before we actually went to uh, uh, Little League Wilshire, Williamsport, and uh, and obviously at a town, in a small town, were 15,000 people that uh, it was tough to do, but somehow we just had the right uh, chemistry, and, and it was a great experience, but when getting there... Uh, and playing against the best player as far as Taiwan and, and, and the Chinese. It was right. just a, a, an unbelievable experience and playing in, in front of a crowd of uh, 25, 20,000 people. Uh, being 11 years old was just uh, uh, Had to have been a thrill very, for you. unbelievable. Sure. Right, well, let's talk a little bit about your, your hockey career. 19 years or 19 seasons in the league is a long time. You were drafted first overall back in 1987 by the yep. Buffalo Sabres and spent the first part of your career there. How confident were you coming into the league as, as basically a 19-year-old kid with such lofty expectations? Uh, how, how confident were you coming into the you league at the what? time? It's, it's always, uh, you still have a lot of confidence coming in, then you got to believe what you do. But there's a learning curve, and, and there's a, it takes some time. And it took me a couple years and, and just to uh, adapt to... Uh, to uh, to the style and the speed and everything. Uh, obviously, it took me a couple months before I got there, and after that, obviously, still improving. Right. Especially the first couple of years in the, in the league. Uh, the difference between the juniors and, and going to the NHL is huge, and people don't even realize how big it is. Right. And it is a big step, and it was an adjustment, but uh, uh, I was very lucky to last uh, as long as I did, and... Uh, I don't know if it was all luck. I mean, it's certainly hard work and, and talent, you know, kept you in the league for as long as you, you were able to be a part of the NHL. Well, I, I think you need, you need talent, you need timing, you need talent, you need to, to be at the right place at the right time. And, uh, and, uh, like I said, uh, it was just an honor to be a part of, of, uh, the best league in the, in, in the world. And, uh, so it, it was a, it was a great experience. I met a lot of nice people and, uh, Something that obviously I'm going to live, uh, I'm going to bring this with me for the rest of my life. Were there any mentors for you in, in Buffalo early in your career? Were there any players that took you under their wing, kind of helped you get comfortable well, with playing you know in the what? league? This, coming in the league, my first couple of years, I played with some of the guys like Clark Gillies, obviously was there for his last year. Right. Uh, you know, Martin Napier, uh, Lindy Roth as a coach today for, for Buffalo, and Mike Ramsey, assistant coach with Minnesota, and the Mike Felino. Uh, Jacques Cloutier. So these are guys, obviously, that I still see once in a while. Right. Uh, some of them, and uh, and it's just uh, what a great experience to being that young. I was very young, and I just uh, didn't say much, obviously, because I couldn't speak the English very well. Right. I mean, you were what, 19 when you entered the league. I was 18 years old. 18. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, that was tough, but at one point, uh, I had a lot of nice people around me, and uh, and uh, and some of the people helped me a lot. Uh, Especially, I would say Jacques Cloutier uh, helped me on that regard as far as uh, how to speak. And I'm still very close to him today. And right. uh, so, Well, you grew up in uh, Quebec? Yeah, well, seven hours north from Montreal. They call that Rouen Aranda. It's a small town. Did being closer to home kind of help you adjust a little bit? Well, you know, it did. But at the same time, I was still far from home. But I left my hometown, too, when I was uh, 14 years old, 15 years old, to go play Triple AAA in Montreal. Right. 
So that 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 was a that was the biggest step, I think. So when you went and to the NHL, it wasn't as big an adjustment being away from home. Definitely, because I left when I was 14, 15 years old, right. turning 15. Yeah, so it was uh, it, it was uh, it was tough, but at the same time, uh, obviously, you have no choice. You gotta get be responsible a little bit more, especially when you leave your hometown sure. that, that young. Do you think there's more pressure on guys that are drafted first overall today compared to? when you were drafted with the media and the internet and everything. I mean, guys like Sidney Crosby, for example, who seems to have handled the pressure extremely well so far, but do you think it's more difficult nowadays for, for players that are drafted so high entering into the league? I think there's always, I mean, yeah, there's pressure, number one or number, obviously, or, or number ten, or second round, third round, obviously you want to be a part of uh, the group that any uh, NHL, and, uh, and it's still, there's always pressure, and there's always some guys that have different pressure as far as being on the line to make it and not making it. Right. And uh, when you're drafted higher, your expectation may be higher, but it doesn't matter. You still want to have keep those, those expectations uh, in high, and then you want to realize what you want to achieve. Right. So there's always kind of pressure anyway. But uh, but at the same time, uh, I think the big personally, uh, the main thing, my focus, was I enjoy playing the game. I love being out there, and and uh, and I was taking. Uh, uh, I like the uh, the opportunity of uh, having the challenge of winning hockey games and doing something good on the ice. And uh, so that's probably the, the focus, the main focus I looked at every time I stepped on the ice. Right. I wanted to do, I wanted to do well instead of thinking about the big picture and having the big pressure on and taking it a day at a time almost exactly. early on. Sure. Yeah. Well, in 1991, you were part of a big blockbuster deal that brought you to Long Island. Yeah. Uh, along with Uwe Krupp, Benoit yeah. Hogan, and McIlwain in exchange for, at the time, the, the superstar here was Pat LaFontaine, him, Randy Wood, yeah. and Randy Hillier went over to Buffalo. What were your thoughts at the time of the trade? Were you excited to come to the island? or What, were, what was going through your mind at well, the time? Well, you know, I didn't know any better. I didn't know. I was kind of going from Buffalo, going to New York. Obviously, here in New York, it's like, wow, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> were you intimidated but, at all coming to, you know, Buffalo's kind of a small town. You had no, been in the league for a while. I was New York to me. It was more in New York. So becoming in Long Island, we loved it. We, right. Me and my wife loved it. We have a, our twin girls were born there, and uh, we loved playing there. And uh, and when we got there, obviously, the big trade, and we have a lot of people involved in that trade. And, and a lot of good things happened at that at that point. Right. And uh, I think Bill Torrey and, and uh, Al Arbor, uh, these guys that I have a lot of respect for for them today, still today. And, and, and uh, I probably learned uh, in four years, five years, of my hockey, the most hockey in my life with Al Arbor, as, uh, as far as hockey and as far as the positioning and as far as mentally, how to deal with things when when things are not going as well. And, right. And uh, but the group that we had there too in '93, um, you know, it was it was winning in, against Pittsburgh at one point, sure. to go to the semifinal, mm-hmm. where we didn't have it was no expectation for us to uh, to go that far, but. It was just we had a nice group. It was quite a run and, uh, that year, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was great. I mean, the great experience there, and uh, and uh, it was we love we love Long Island definitely. Me, and my wife. Well, you mentioned Al Arbor, and as you probably know, they're going to have him back November third uh, when the Islanders play the Penguins at the Coliseum to coach his 1500th game. Okay. So, of all the coaches, was he the one that you learned the most from? Definitely. You know, Joel Quinville is. I mean, he's right there too. But I mean, Al Arbor, I learned a lot of hockey with him, and and. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the for, for the man, definitely, and his wife also. I mean, you had some of your best years, uh, statistic-wise, on the island. It was highlighted, like I said, by that run to the Wells Conference Finals against the Canadians, a team yeah. that you would actually lay the captain. But 
Prior to the conference finals, you know, and all Islander fans at the time remember the cheap shot you took from the Caps Dale Hunter in the first round that yep. year uh, that kept you out of the second round against the Penguins, and you came back and played hurt in the next round. But what, what are your thoughts now, looking back on that hit uh, years later? You know, it's it's obviously it's hockey. It was emotion, a lot of emotion at that point, and uh, but it's done. I mean, it, you got to move on. It's just. Uh, did the hunters get a Christmas card from the Tergeons? <laughs> <laughs> we did. No, we didn't really. <laughs> but you know what? It's done. I mean, if I would see him today, talk to him today, I, I mean, that's fine. It's just uh, I, I hear you know, and the what I'm hearing a lot of times from people that knows him, I hear a lot of good things. He's right. a nice family, I guess, and so it's. Uh, uh, that helps. Obviously. So it's just kind of part of the game thing. These things kind of happen, and you just yeah. get on with it. Yeah, not fun though, but I mean, <laughs> sure. that's. Uh... Well, I know Alder fans at the time were up in arms because you know, like you said, it was an unexpected run that year, yeah. and you were obviously one of the key players. And to see it go down was it was tough for Alder fans. And I came back in the third third round against Montreal. Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't feeling too good. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I just came back and won. Uh, one shoulder and a half, so kind of, a, so it wasn't a very good. You weren't a hundred percent for sure. It was an inspiration to see you come back, but it's unfortunate too that you weren't able to be at a hundred percent to play in what was. Was it? Was that one of the highlights of your career that run that year playing Definitely. with the Islanders? I mean, like I said, we had uh, we had great players. Uh, I mean, especially the expectation wasn't high, and all of a sudden we did what we did. And I mean, Glenn Ely in the back, it was just outstanding for us as far as uh, goalie, and and uh, so it was just. Uh, Great feeling. I played with Steve Thomas, Derek King, and right. so these guys were, uh, I love playing with them too, and uh, yeah, it's one of the top, definitely. You still in touch with any of those guys, King and, and well, Thomas? Well, it's hard. Thomas I mean, no, we all have our family. We got traded, sure. and we got uh, different cities. Some guys are retired, but once in a while we see each other, you know, some guys, but right. uh, it's always nice to uh, to see them, definitely. Sure. Right, well, during the 94-95 season, you get traded by Ben Alders, GM Don Maloney to the Canadians. Yeah along with Vladdy Malikov for, for Kirk Muller, Schneider, Matthew Schneider, and Craig Darby. Of course, you were later named captain of the team. How, how special was it for you to play in Montreal? Well, you know, being young and, and grow, growing up in Quebec and seeing the Montreal Canadian, and uh, it, it's always a dream when you're young to be a part of the, the Montreal Canadian. And uh, it, was, it was a good timing. You know, I got traded there, and all of a sudden I get there, get to be the captain, and right. the closing of the forum, the opening of the Molson Center, and... That's why you got to carry the torch in there. They, yeah, they, they exactly. Formed. I mean, the timing, you couldn't ask any better. Timing. Yeah. It was just a great timing for me to be there. And, uh, that had to be a thrill to, to, like you said, to be there at the time that the Molson Center opens up and to march in there with, with the torch had to be thrilling. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the closing of the forum was probably, and, and all the captain, there was a big ceremony on the ice. And all the right. captain touched right. the torch and he came around. It was just, uh, you know, it's just goosebumps, obviously. Just sure. Being, uh, uh, on, being out there, and like I said, it was just uh, be at the right place, the right time. It was just a great, uh, a great evening. Sure. Well, after playing in Montreal, you had stops in in St. Louis and Dallas before finally finishing up your career. Uh, yep. The past two seasons in in Colorado was Montreal your favorite city you played in, being so close to home. Or well, you know what, I we I stayed there for a year, a little bit over a year, and uh, it wasn't that long. So right. I played to a lot of nice city. I mean, we met a lot of people, so it's kind of a hard to pick one city. Right. Uh, but I got to tell you, we love New York, and, and uh, we love Buffalo. We, Montreal was good. I mean, it's just uh, St. Louis was a great city. We played with a lot of good players, too. 
And, uh, I mean, it must be great to have that opportunity as a hockey player to, to be able to travel around and, and visit these cities and experience them while, while playing hockey. It's so many people's dreams to be able to do that. And it's, I'm sure you appreciate having that opportunity to, to go around and visit these cities and, and do what you love, and that's play hockey. Exactly. Play hockey at the same time, but seeing other cities and getting traded is, is not, sometimes it's not fun, but you, when you actually move and all of right. you get to know the people, the cities and everything, it's, it's fine. The hardest thing is when you have your children are getting older. As far as schools, friends, and uh, it's tough. and that's the hardest move we had to do is from Dallas to uh, uh, to Denver, Colorado. Right. And uh, obviously, fight for the kids. The kids are a little when they're older. young. It's a little bit easier to move them around, I guess. Yeah. So it's harder now. So I'm, we're not moving anymore. We're gonna stay here now for yeah. in Denver, Colorado, for the next four or five years, and we'll see what's gonna happen. Okay. After. You played with a lot of people over the years. Who was the most talented guy you had an opportunity to play with? There's a lot of players. I know it's a tough we question. You know, you could start, you know, uh, uh, McGillney, uh, that I played with, uh, his first couple of years in, in right. Buffalo. Uh, who's the guy you had the best chemistry with? Well, in Long Island, with Steve Thomas that and Derek line. King. We just yeah. had a, some, everything was going well, everything was, go, you know, and, uh, and, uh, what a great year. We love, I love playing with them, and it's, that's, uh, probably, Top line that I played with, definitely. Now there are a but, lot of there are a lot of characters in the league. Who who's the one of the funnier guys you came across in your your travels in the league? Mark Bergevin. Real quick with that, there's a no yeah, brainer Mark, for you. Very quick, there he is, Mark Bergevin, because he's just on stop in the locker room. <laughs> you know, he fits he fits it down in front of you or across you, and he's not saying anything. There's something coming up. Right, right. And uh, it's just funny to be around. I mean, it's just. Uh, you know, when the dressing room got tense and, and he just had a way to get that locker room loosened up. And, right. Uh, and uh, it was just a great guy to have uh, to have in the locker room, definitely. Well, as you head into retirement, what what's in your future? Do you want to stay in the league in some capacity? Are you going to coach? Or what, what is it you hope to do uh, now that you're going to be retired? This, this year, I'm going to coach my daughter. And uh, I'm going to be traveling quite a bit with my daughter. But on the same time, I'll follow all the sports with the kids. The kids. We have four children, so... That's going to keep us very busy. But uh, in a year or so, two years, I have some plans though, that I want to get involved probably, a couple ideas. But right. Uh, right now, I'm just going to focus around the family. And that's uh, especially uh, the last, uh, well, the last, since my career, it's been around uh, It's been around me. We've been traveling a lot. Now uh, we're going to give it back to around our kids. So that's what we uh, want to do. All right. Well, Pierre, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. I, I've enjoyed watching you play over the years. I, I think you've had a, a Hall of Fame career myself, and I hope you get recognized for that one day. And I just want to Great. wish you good luck in the future with whatever you do. Hopefully we'll see you back in the league in a few right. years. So. Very nice of you. Thank you. All right. Thank you.